0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: All right, guys, listen up. This week only, I got a special deal for you from my bookie. They're offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. That's right. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win congrats you got extra holiday spending money if you lose also congrats my bookie will give you all your money back that's right it's a no brainer you literally cannot lose it's all it's no risk all gravy doesn't matter whether you're you're an experienced player or a first time customer my bookie welcomes all to come play quit waiting around and sign up today you ever find yourself wanting to bet on sports We have lots of questions don't worry about it my bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process the best part is if you join now We'll still have one last shot and take advantage of our incredible sign-up offer. Just log into mybookie.ag, make your first deposit with promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet I talked about earlier in the ad. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Do your part to support your team, hop on the gravy train, and get in on the action with MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Guys, do you remember the time when you were always ready to go? You missed that? Do you want to increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game. Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting on the pharmacy. Best of all, no awkwardness. It's made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. I got a special deal for my listeners. Visit bluechew.com, get your first shipment for free. Use our special promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Luchu is better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Also, I know I mispronounced Viagra, so don't roast me for that. All right, this is on to the show. Music. Music.
0: Music.
1: Music. 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 Hey, welcome to Land Sharks it's After 2020, Dark, 2020, we your man, weekly we Lane Kiffin go. podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joined my co-host John Fonchick. Well, John, we were talking about it before the show. It it is Thursday night. We've we've been a little busy this week outside of the podcast, but it's also been a pretty busy week for uh for Old Miss. Since we last spoke uh maybe a week and a half ago, Ole Miss was trying to find Matt Luke's replacement and they found one and people seem pretty happy about it. Let's get your, your reaction right off the bat. What do you think? Lane Kiffin, coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, what's your take?
2: Just wanna start off with a quick detour uh on behalf of Lane Sharks After Dark. Want to formally congratulate Ed Orgeron for winning coach of the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that was the pun I was looking for. I, I I was looking for some way to incorporate Lane into the into the intro. Yeah, Lane Sharks After Dark. That's right.
2: Be our new that might be our new permanent name. Might have
1: there. to be. But yeah, what of Orgeron having having an amazing year.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny how how People can change over time, and all the Lane Kiffin haters, they can, they can get out the way. We we are all in on the Lane train
1: here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I mean, did, I, universally, it seems like a popular hire for Ole Miss fans.
2: I get a chance to do a show, like, immediately after. I think it's, we can kind of take a bit more of it. You know, what's our what's our reaction five days after it? And I have to say, I mean, we both are you know, pr- pretty busy from a professional standpoint. Right, like, right around all day and and dissect it i mean there is part of me that goes damn they actually did it like mm-hmm. the old this is the most non-old miss move ever we actually like made a good decision keith carter's a badass he got the money he needed from all the good old boys but got him orchestrated it kind of mm-hmm. i mean it's it The. What the problem with what I'm about to say is everybody's going to go, you know, from a, what the aftermath was. Like that's that's crazy being optimistic, but
1: uh-huh.
2: from an institutional perspective, it's I think it's pretty. It's not exactly the same, but it's fairly similar to when Saban was hired in 07 Alabama, and those good old boys got told to stand in the corner and things sorted themselves out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean that's I think that's fair. I don't know how much the good old boys weren't they didn't want this higher because I think that, it seems like most Ole Miss fans are happy with it and a lot of them were asking for it while the search was going on but what I will say is Keith Carter wasn't afraid of the headline he wasn't afraid of doing something that was a little bit bolder than what he could have done Lane Kiffin can't be compared to a Chad Morris or a Dave Doran or I mean maybe closer to a Willie Taggart but he. He's much more of a. Obviously, I'm referencing the candidates that were considered back before Luke was hired, but he's 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 much more of a kind of a firebrand, something that's going to draw a lot of attention to the program and not all necessarily positive attention. I mean, his brother got a show call at Ole Miss what four years ago. Um, you know, he's had some some high profile recruiting classes. You, obviously, people are going to say. Um, he, he's going to get old Miss back to cheating ways. And then, you know, you go to like the night he arrives in Oxford, there's a guy on the runway, hands him his baby, and then when he's handing the baby back, right, Lane says, you know, get you a burner phone. Uh, or, no, sorry, he says that to Lane. The guy says, Lane, get you a burner phone. Uh, There's video of it, so that's that's bad enough, right? But not only that, but it's the headline of an ESPN piece, and, and Lane, tw- Lane tweets it out. So I guess what I'm saying is they're not necessarily hiding from – The critics with this hire, they're not kind of worried about the perception or anything else. I mean, I think that Keith Carter said, This is a popular hire with my fan base. He talked to the guy, he's saying the right things. I mean, Lane's saying a lot of really smart stuff right now. You know, he's talking about how he's still gonna be that guy that, you know, speaks his mind, goes out and recruits kids and is is kind of flashy, but he's also gonna take the things he learned from Sabin. He says he spent the last three years at FAU studying the SEC, studying these dynasty programs to figure out why they're dynasties. And he kind of at least is saying that he has this um, kind of master plan to make wherever he went, whether it was Arkansas or Ole Miss or some other job. I think those were the two leaders during the search for him. And he's got this great plan to, to turn them into a consistent winner. So I, I think, I think Carter heard that Carter wasn't afraid of who Kiffin is. Um, and he made a popular hire that I think was also maybe, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to argue whether or not Norvell would have been a better hire. I I think it was widely reported that Carter won in Norvell, got turned down for FSU, many different reasons there. Um, but I think Kiffin is at least as good of a hire and I think it's going to turn out to be a very good hire for Keith Carter. So um. Overall, good news for Ole Miss, and I think it's impressive that you I, to have an AD that is going to get stuff like this done. And it was a no nonsense search. Um. I don't feel like he jerked the fan base around. I don't feel like he uh, went off down crazy rabbit holes and stuff like that. I, I I overall I'm very happy. All of a sudden, I'm very happy with the direction the athletic department seems to be going, and in particular the football program.
2: It's almost like Ole Miss had to go on the precipice of irrelevance. Irrelevance mm-hmm. to all of a sudden this is frankly i mean norvell would have been a, a logical hire but this is going to be fun as hell yeah for I sure mean, and good frankly this podcast went from man eh, something we'll do i mean just a to touch base and bullshit to
1: hell yeah this is going to be fun now yeah i mean i think so I, I think it's uh it's great and then um what keith Carr? i mean i i well, yeah, I agree. First of all, I agree with you, John. It does definitely really rev the interest at Ole Miss football again. That was, that was definitely waning under Luke. Um, personally, as someone that lives in Houston, going to be going to that Baylor game, I'm a lot more excited for that game. It really was just going to be something that you went to because you can't let your team play where you live and not, not at least try to go. But I had no thought that it would be a fun game at all. But now, obviously, I want to go see Lane Kiffin's first game as coach. Um, what I was going to ask you, John, is how much credit are we going to give Boyce for this? He's the one that hired Carter as a permanent AD, right? Um, he was, he was made permanent December 1st. So it was after the egg bowl
2: there, but I, I had, a, I had a couple conversations that lead me to believe that Boyce in a minimum stayed out of the way, but also kind of realized, you know what? I need to, you know, we, we need to go this route. Because we're we're not in good shape financially if we keep playing the ignorance card. And now that mm-hmm. whole th- that whole dynamic is completely changed.
1: Yeah, well, the, it's actually funny because the argument one big argument for keeping Luke was that you can't afford to fire Luke, right? He's got these big buyouts. His coordinators have big buyouts. But I really yeah. think within the first you know few days of hiring Lane Kiffin, it becomes obvious that they couldn't afford to keep Luke because the buyouts are a one-time hit another season of luke's ticket sales were going to be we're going to be devastating to the program uh and i think they've already turned things into a, in a, a much more positive direction um, one more
2: thing of apathy would have
1: yeah it was killer
2: it, it put the program in a spot where it would have getting out of the hole would have been much more than just one year one hire potentially it would have been
1: yeah it was hurting, and I think the roster probably would have been worse if you gave Luke another year. I mean, the transfers were, were going to be there for sure, um, and some people still might transfer, but we've already heard about several that are staying. Grant Tisdale took his name out of the transfer portal at QB. I, I saw today, Corral tweeted that he's staying. Um, DeMarcus Gregory, wide receivers, out of the transfer portal, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it was the only possible move.
2: And then I heard about some kids that decommit because old Matt Luke got fired, and that's not fair. It's like, mm. fuck you. Oh, your offer.
1: I don't think I, I, I really doubt that anyone decommitted just because they wanted to play for Luke and not Lane Kiffin. I think kids that are decommitting and using Luke as a reason or rich rod or whatever, they were going to decommit anyway. I mean, you, you could have kept or, those coaches. They would have had a different reason.
2: And, or they would have been, or and they or don't make,
1: have offers. Yeah. They
2: got reevaluated. It's yeah,
1: right. absolutely. And so it, it's, it's pretty much all positives. Um, I'll wait until later in the podcast to broach what is the only troubling thing so far to come out of this. But one thing I wanted to talk about while we discussed Keith Carter, the decision to hire Lane Kiffin, can we talk about um, how much better marketed this whole thing seemed to be than we've had for the last several years? It it seemed like Ole Miss was actually, one, playing, having fun with it, and, and also just in general being smarter about the way they're promoting it. Like it goes back to what, during the basketball game on Saturday, they played part of the FAU game on the Jumbotron, played Come on Ride the Lane train and the third come on ride the train. And then in the third quarter of the uh, of the FAU game, almost football started tweeting like white smoke coming out of Ventress Hall, like obviously the the whole new Pope being elected thing. They had like a baby Yoda meme. It was fun. They were having fun with it. Um, and I I think that is that is cool to see because I don't think Ole Miss has really had the best marketing and branding at least under under Ross Bjork. So I was encouraged by the way they seem to kind of get it and be in on the entire thing, uh, and having fun with it and and getting rewarded uh, on social media for it by you know retweets and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool to see. It was encouraging, another encouraging sign, I guess I'd say.
2: Yeah, it's like the Ole Miss equivalent of the Berlin Wall fell.
1: <laughs> the, Bjork, the Bjork Wall fell. He's gone. Well, we can well, move on with off. our lives.
2: The Boyce Wall. the what wall the Boyce Wall? The, uh, you know what? I said I came to the conclusion that we had the Vitter curse. hmm I think the Vitter curse got smashed.
1: Well, he's gone, so. Uh,
2: not only is he gone, like.
1: Things are turning around a little bit. So what's the negative you got? Well, the negative is the the rumors around offensive coordinator. First, it was Kendall Bryles. And I think he's going to end up being a head coach somewhere. So now they're saying
2: about the Baylor connection they're here? saying
1: Jeff Lebby, who's the he's OC tired. at UCF. He's going to be the OC. Kind of puts the damper on it a little bit. Only because, yes, I know Kiffin wants to win. That's all he cares about. But it's still, it's still pretty gross. Lebby... Lebby came out of Baylor looking pretty bad in that whole scandal. Look it up, read about, you know, the, the allegations of inaction against a lot of the Baylor coaches, but including him and and Kendall Bryles. It's, it's not great, but I don't think Lane necessarily cares. At least he doesn't seem to. Um, so I think Ole Miss fans that care about that are going to have to just, I guess, suck it up because I don't think Kiffin's going to worry about it. And another thing is I don't see the Ole Miss fan base caring as a whole. This is not like, uh, uh, what fan base was it that that wouldn't hire Shiana? It was at Tennessee? There was like a big uproar about it or something like that. Uh, there's none of that going on right now. Lane Kiffin could do no wrong t- to the Ole Miss fan base at large. So I-, I think he will get hired. I'm just saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not point it out. There's there's some uh some bad things in Levy's past. Maybe he can. Maybe he's a better person now. I have no idea. But I for I know one thing for sure. I I don't want any of that shit happening at Ole Miss. That's that's not. You know, we, we can't criticize it on the show. And it happens to other schools and turn a blind eye. So if, yeah. if there are rumors of stuff like that, we will talk about it on the show. And it won't be a positive conversation uh, about Lane Kiffin and his staff. But, you know, no one's saying that's going on or something like that right now. I'm just saying that's something we have to be aware of. Um, if he hires Jeff Lebby, the, the guy's got to pass. So. And he's also our, uh, our brow's son-in-law. So a lot of connections there. Yeah. That's so, all I got. Everything else seems to be pretty positive.
2: Yeah. So the the son in law, the nature, I mean it's all of that's fair. At the end of the day, I mean, there are circumstances, situation I mean, kind of how how power works in an organization can lead well, you
0: to
2: where you're not comfortable in, but yeah. Is it directly your responsibility and it, it can lead to it can lead to complicated situations.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think the counter-argument would be any coach on that staff could have been the one that broke rank and spoke up, and just because you're one of the ones that didn't speak up didn't mean you're the guiltiest party or anything like that. I'm just uh, saying, that stays on your record.
2: I, I, it's not, it doesn't mean there's not partial
1: guilt. Right, and it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. Maybe he can. Maybe he can never fuck up again and always be a part of a good group of guys when it comes to coaches or whatever. And you know that's, that'll just be something in his past, but that's that's all I'm saying. It's it's out there.
2: It is, but maybe it's something he looks back and says, "You know what? That's not who I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. You know. If it's something that some some whatever happens again, I'm yeah. gonna
1: handle it. I don't totally. know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope. Yeah, hope you gotta hope that he learned from it, right? I, that's the only hope.
2: Here's where I sit with it. You have a. I mean, you discuss it with them. You have a zero tolerance policy. And if anything remotely comes up, you gotta you gotta you move in a different direction. So there's and um anybody talking to Levy would know that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and you, you know, I, I think it's 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 you can't say that running a program like that is good for the long term health of the program. Let's let's disregard the fact that Baylor went what like eleven and two this year or whatever. Still, that's that's a black mark on the school and the program. It's not worth whatever temporary success you think you achieve by hiding up shit like covering up shit like that. So, you know, I would hope everyone around any major program would agree. If there's a problem, we're going to we're going to take care of the player. That's the problem and not let it turn into like the kind of thing you had at Baylor um, or even at Penn State. Different circumstance, but a similar a similar situation where they thought it was easier just to cover things up than to get single people in trouble. And it turns into a much worse problem. So you know, I would hope anyone that wanted to build a program would agree with me on that. I, I assume Kevin would.
2: Assume so. I mean, you have a zero tolerance policy, and yeah,
1: it's just not worth it. So anyway, yeah, well, yeah. So that that's the there's the uh, there's the one downer comment that I have about Lane so far. But overall, it's been very it's been very good, very funny. He's still trolling people on Twitter. I thought it was cool. You saw the video of his son that came out on Saturday before he was officially hired. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, his his ex-wife posted, you know, you, I think you assume with Lane's blessing, a video of her telling the son that he's been hired to coach at Ole Miss, and the son, Knox, who's young, like, you know, 12 or something, starts chanting, like, SEC, and he's so excited. Cool moment there. Um, you know, overall, I think, I think the Kiffins know about Ole Miss from Chris um, you know, they know what, it, what the town of Oxford's like, I think it's going to be a great place for them. Um, you know, you, it seems like land has matured from the Joey Freshwater days when he was at Alabama. Um, no idea, you know, we, old Miss, it, it wouldn't be old Miss's first, uh, booze hound, um, womanizing coach, not even the first one this decade, more like the third or fourth to my knowledge. Um, so Across sports, I will say, not just Hugh Freeze here. I'm talking about uh, a certain character of a basketball coach as well. So, um, you know, I just I just hope that he's whatever he chooses to do with his free time, he's smarter about it than maybe Hugh Freeze was. Um, and and <laughs> it's funny to think back on the fact that the bar that Hugh Freeze hung out with, like Hugh Freeze was so sloppy, the bar that he hung out at and drank and all that shit ended up being named in the NOA, which is very funny in retrospect. Yeah. Um. Even the NCAA knew what Freeze was doing, uh, in his spare time, which is hilarious. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Well, it, it it's gonna be fun for sure, John. I mean, I don't. I I don't know. Um. Exactly how the staff's gonna shake out. We talked about the OC. It's seeming like Mike McIntyre is gonna be retained as the defensive coordinator. Probably. Um. You know, he went after some other people. Pete Golding was rumored. Uh, personally, I think McIntyre is a good move. You know McIntyre can do a good job with the X's and O's. The defense has much improved under him this year. Assume they will only get better with another year in his system, and then you can just hire a shitload of recruiters to go get athletes for, for him to coach. So I, I like that move for sure.
2: I think, I mean, he's taking his time with the staff. Makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Brilliant
2: thing to do. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what's going to keep him from winning?
1: Well, uh, a scandal. What, are um, we,
2: what in what in Lane's past really screams scandal?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, the, the there's the off the field stuff, but that was never rose to the level of scandal. That was more just. It, Rumors when, when and people that, joking.
2: When did that ever keep the team from? No, I don't.
1: I don't. I don't think it did. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I, I think the only thing that could really keep them from winning is if the NCAA sets up shop at Oxford again and someone sloppy enough to uh to to do something they could actually go after. But I, I agree. It seems like he has a good plan. I I definitely think he's going to get a lot more out of this roster this upcoming season than Luke did and would have. Um He's just not a good coach. You know, um, if you look at the schedule, I mean let's go here. Oh, it's rough. The schedule's rough, man.
2: Oh, but if he beat, if he wins one of those games we were talking about Luke had to win to keep his job mm-hmm. before he got fired, then you look at one,
1: you,
2: you're gonna be like, Okay. He's there. I mean he had to at least go six and six. He goes seven and five, eight and four, shit. They're there. Oh, eight awful. and four
1: would be insane. I mean, he starts out one and one after playing Baylor, assume he loses to Baylor. And then he's going to lose three in a row with Auburn, LSU, um, Alabama. And so best case scenario, best case scenario with the one over Baylor, I think you're two and three there. You can beat Vanderbilt three and three. And you got Florida and Oxford. That could be a big swing game for Lane. He can find a way to beat Florida, which is going to be difficult. Um, Then the schedule gets very soft. Beats Mullen is kind of his like, you know. That would be a, a signature win for sure. Year one, oh, it's, it's the lane I, train's
2: getting another speed. Also,
1: I have no idea what the Baylor roster looks like next year. I assume they'll be good. They won a shitload of games this year. Um, who, do, who do they really beat? I, I know that was my next point. Their schedule wasn't that that tough. I mean, they I beat mean, Texas. They beat Kansas it's State.
2: It's a lot of people, and I've never seen an offense more fucked up from a management perspective than this. That crap that Rich Rod did this past year, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna be a lot more they're gonna be a lot better mentally for the for the first part, and they're gonna I think call better plays and not manage the personnel in such a crazy way. But yeah, so I mean, definite wins on the schedule. You got Semo. Uh, you would think at Vanderbilt, UConn, at Arkansas. So that's four right there. Um, and then Georgia Southern. I think that's five. I mean, maybe a tougher game. So yeah, I mean, with the Egg Bowl, the Egg Bowl being the swing game to get you to six. So it's not that the schedule has no wins on it. It's that you have Baylor, Auburn, LSU, Alabama for the first five. That's pretty. That's a tough opening. But after that, it gets a lot more manageable.
2: Yeah. No.
1: Hey. Speaking of Arkansas, what 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 is going on with that? What why why would you hire the Georgia offensive line coach? I guess to not hire the interim. I mean, props to them for not hiring the interim.
2: I mean, if they actually ever thought about really hiring the interim, that's, well, that's beyond.
1: That was, that was the rumor. I you know I, I know some other SEC West schools that tried it, didn't work out too great. So I, hopefully they learned their lesson from Ole Miss on that category. And oh shit,
2: I mean. I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Ole Miss have, had three SEC schools running coaching searches. And Ole Miss absolutely smoked the field.
1: Yeah, Arkansas-Missouri. And, and, and it, I mean, it seems like Kiffin was going to Arkansas and then he found out he could go to Ole Miss and basically said, no, I'd much rather go to Ole Miss. So, I mean, that's that's a win. That's a win for the program right there.
2: I agree. What is your uh, – what do you think the ceiling is do you think they can go to
1: Atlanta I don't know I mean I think the thing about going to Atlanta as the SEC West team is you're not going to do it without some other stuff going your way right I mean it's probably going to be partially dependent on what happens I'd say like with Auburn I mean are, you're I don't think you're going to beat Alabama and LSU in the same season right now the way those programs are you probably need LSU to have a down year you need to you need to I mean it's it's hard to imagine right now ask me again in two years and let's see what trajectory he's on and maybe I could think he can compete with the teams like that but almost is just so far away from that right now I I think I think the floor is probably six is six and six but I think with his mindset and the way he wants to recruit I think he can build off of that and raise that floor um it almost seems like 66 is the floor next year. And then it's, it's going to be an upper trajectory, but we'll see right now. It's all went in the press conference, right? He, he, he did a great job at FAU. He's saying the right things. He seems to have learned a lot throughout his coaching journey. So let's see it all. get put together on the field. And then, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think the, the ceiling is?
2: I think, I think rides it out five years, which I I think he did. I think he sticks around for a bit. I
1: think it I mean, would take it would take um, a huge opportunity for him to not stick around five years. It seems unlikely it would, he would not like he would get think, that opportunity.
2: I think in in year three onward he can have a team that is gonna that can really make some noise.
1: So you're saying the S- you, at the very least you can scare the Alabamas and LSU's of the world when they have to play you.
2: Better enough, and you see what happens, and. He actually he understands how to recruit. He understands it's, how to
1: it's recruit. kinda crazy to imagine what the West is gonna be like in three years. So that's gonna be Jimbo in what year six, year five, year six. Orgeron's, keep, Orgeron's still gonna be there.
2: And will gonna keep going seven and five, eight and four, and can't figure out why. Yep. Um, Alabama it'll be interesting to see. Can they keep it going? I mean, we kinda asked this here, but it feels you know, they're gonna lose two and the, their top
1: three receivers. It, it, is nice. Tua definitely going? There are rumors that Tua might stay.
2: he's like the number three on the big board. Well, I know. Be, I
1: think it would be crazy. But that was the rumor earlier this week. Oh, if he doesn't go out being a top five, you know, when
2: you're going to be a top five pick, well, it would be crazy.
1: Just, how much would? How much do you have to be paid to not buy Alabama we, to not do it? You know,
2: is Alabama really not going to pay it? Are going to pay him that much money? I don't part? know.
1: I, I agree. I agree. I don't think so. So, but who's the quarterback going to be there next year? I have no idea. It's going to be Brown. that guy, Mac Brown. I think he was pretty good. Uh, I mean, he lost to Auburn.
2: Played pretty well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's fine, man. That's just, that game was, that game was so good. That play that Saban got completely owned on, where he, he, he did the illegal substitution with uh, the punter lined up a wide receiver. That was awesome. Yep. That was awesome, man. That's some vintage Gus right there.
2: Yep. Al Foxed him.
1: Yeah, and and that's that that's really funny because, like, Gus can Gus can look like shit, eleven games a season. If he can find a way to win that game, what what's anybody gonna say to him? He's he's invincible. It's just it's, yep. just, it's just great, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I think in five years he's probably still there. It's like he's like a cockroach; he can't kill that guy. Yep. Um, Arkansas is on three coaches from now. Or they're just stuck with Pittman and they're happy going like five and six with the seven and five every other year
2: they feel sick they feel uh five and seven ish
1: yeah feel- no, no idea what's going on at state you know before before Elijah Moore pissed in the end zone they thought they were gonna fire Moorhead.
2: Yeah, um, well wrong move I think state's about to go really go sideways
0: well
1: we're gonna find out I think the the word today was that um Kylin Hill is gonna go to the draft. So that's yep. gonna make it harder to run that offense next year for Moorhead. I haven't looked at their schedule. I wanna say it's a little soft. Um but still I I, I just he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. Um the good news for State is they can still apparently hire Napier next year because nobody else is hiring him this year. Yep. So that's 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 the silver lining for them is they could probably keep more than another year and maybe Napier will still be around unless, you know, maybe ULL has a huge year next year. And he, he leapfrogs do a better job, I have no idea. It's it's a little early to say who's gonna be looking next year. Um, but in the SEC, I wanna say they're maybe the only school that I think would be. I don't think Kentucky's gonna get rid of stoops. Here here's a question, John. What about uh what about your cowboys? Are they gonna hire Dan Mullen to coach Dak?
2: Uh it is Lincoln Riley's job.
1: Lincoln Riley's gonna do it. Okay. So is Garrett definitely out? What do we what do we know about that?
2: Uh I think Garrett's gonna get fired. Finally, uh, I was having a
1: rough year, man.
2: I think it's more more likely than not that Garrett gets fired.
1: So did Dak get that big? Dak got that big contract he wanted, right? Oh, they offered him thirty
2: million a year, and he said no. I, I'm worth forty.
1: That's pretty crazy. So he, he they never did come to agreement on those terms.
2: Playing the year out,
1: and that's that's crazy. That's I I don't know. You got to think his stock is is not doing great after this season, but I don't know. Maybe it's not his fault. Like
2: top three in the league in passing.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just been a rough year. But uh, that's more a team thing than him, I guess, right?
2: I think they'll end up paying him.
1: Yeah. I mean he's he's the face of the team, right? Him and Zeke. They're heroes. Whenever I go to Dallas, I see them on every ad. Yep. We'll he's, a pers- see how- he's a personable guy. I you know, good for Dak, but so if Link, what if they don't get Lincoln Riley? Is Dan Mullen in the mix?
2: I don't think Mullen's in the mix. I think, think it's, it's just Lincoln. a
1: cute idea from a sports writer saying, "Oh, I could coach Dak again." Yeah. it would be something. Yeah, okay. Um. Well, what else? What else is going on, John? what What else stuck out to you about the uh, the last week or so? What about What about Mike Smith getting fired as Ole Miss softball coach? Should we talk uh, about I- this?
2: I don't know. I saw I didn't really get a chance to read the article um,
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about it either. All I know is he got fired. Their rumors were pretty bad. Like not only is he, you know, hated by the players and doesn't care about their well being and stuff, but the rumors about, you know, what did he do to get fired? he put been under investigation all fall. Now there's some softball America article saying that it's gonna cost so miss a bunch of money and wrongful termination and it was like all a set up by an angry parent. Um, I have no idea. And again, I don't think we, we have anything to say about it right now, but this might be something we have to talk about in the future. If indeed there is a wrongful termination suit, or anything like that. Um, something to keep an eye on there. Um, and Keith Carter referenced it in uh, at Lane Kiffin's press conference, which I thought was interesting. Um, said it had been a tough week for Ole Miss or whatever. And people had to be let go and stuff like that. But, um, I think overall is a pretty positive week for Ole Miss. Uh, looking back now,
2: uh, yeah, I, I thought he was referencing volleyball too.
1: Right? Yeah, I'm sure both. Right? Um, I, for, I didn't forget about the volleyball coach. Yeah, the volleyball coach started out like winning a bunch of games this year and then lost a bunch in the end or something. Um, I don't, don't really follow it. Uh, here's a question, John what do you, What do you think's going to happen? In, uh we got the early signing period coming up. What in like a week or something? And then Lane's gotta try to close again in January. Do is this class? Let's just add, let's say it's gonna be better or worse than Freeze's transition class his first year. Uh, it'll be. You think it'll be better? Oh yeah. Um, but that Frieza's first class was maybe not as highly rated, but they they contributed a ton. It turned out to be a pretty good class. I mean,
2: they had a they had a few players come through, but.
1: Well, yeah, there was a lot of contributors up and down. I mean, Bo Wallace in that class, right? As Luke,
2: infinite, a mu- Luke has a much better class in place than what Nut did.
1: You I sure? Mean- well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, let's look back to... Looking back at Luke's last classes here. Um, so I guess my question is, last year... Luke finished 22nd on 247. Where did he finish here before that? Um, 2018, 32nd. Where do you, where do you think after the, the late signing period, where could Kiffin's class end up? So Luke was 31, 32, and 22. I, I mean, Kiffin obviously is expected to be a big recruiter. I'm just interested in how we can close with with a short period. Are we talking top 25? Let's see. What are we right now? Let's look. We're 39 right now.
2: I don't know. He at least get top 30.
1: Yeah. Close down the stretch. Can he make recruiting fun again?
2: Yep.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's, I mean, sounds good to me. I'd I'd love a a few four stars in this class. Looks like we have, uh, like, none on 247. Ooh, we got the all-time all-time top commits on 247 at Ole Miss John who's number one for Ole Miss all-time top recruit for Ole Miss give me the top three I'll be impressed
2: How about from where they were rank standpoint or
1: yeah this is this is based on their 247 uh like overall he, rating
2: uh Rob would be one
1: yep that's right
2: uh Two, t- you said you said top three per two four seven rankings.
1: Uh
2: huh. Uh huh. Um, two is either going to be Shea Patterson or Laramie Tunsell.
1: Tunsell is four. Tunsel's four. Shea Patterson is three. Who's two?
2: Shea Patterson is
1: three. Um. He honestly, he's he's playing in the pros now. He's a he was a good rebel had kind of a quiet career but he he it wasn't a bad career by any means um he just he he didn't make a he didn't draw a lot of attention to himself in my opinion uh, freezer uh, crete
2: oh let me figure this one out so not
1: greg little was it yeah and two four seven yep he's the number two all time old mr crete Greg little oh.
2: The Little, okay, I mean, Tunsil's better player. I mean, Little's not a bad player.
1: He's, no, and, but, and Little is, is earlier in his career. But, yeah, I don't think he's – he probably won't reach the Tunsil level in the NFL. But uh, speaking of, we got a Tunsil jersey coming in the mail. Because so, we, we just went to a Texans game. I really wanted one. They didn't have him in the team shop. So got to order one for my next game. I'm trying to uh, get back to the stadium on December 29th, and they play the uh, the Titans so I can see A.J. And where my Tunsil be- I mean, the
2: Texans and Titans going to play twice in three weeks yep. and decide decide the South. So are you going to go back there and jinx them again?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, they they got blown out by the Broncos with us there. And Drew uh, Lock went in there
2: and looked like freaking Joe Montana. Yeah,
1: he looked great. He looked really good. The Texans defense looked really bad. So uh, yep. I, I got the fantasy playoffs uh, this week. And um hold on, I'm playing. Oh, yeah, I actually, I'm starting AJ this week because Mike Evans is out. And he's playing hey, the Texans. Hey, is, so.
2: is Bill O'Brien getting fired if they miss the playoffs?
1: Oh, I think he should. I just some of these play calls, man, completely hapless. I, I'm sitting in the stands. Just everyone around me were all talking about like, why are they doing this? Why are they in the shotgun when they on fourth and one? Why, like it just repeatedly, just bizarre. I don't understand it, man. Yeah, I think they need to start over. Um, they, they they need to clean house for sure. They got they got decent they got decent players on their roster. I mean yeah.
2: O'Brien. See, he's kind of like the drunk guy at the bar going on a power bender. <laughs> well,
1: he's uh, he's it's... off the uh, he's off the Belichick tree, right?
0: Yes. yeah
1: Yep. And then uh, and then the 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 guy in Detroit. He's in his second year, right? Patricia yep. is that his name? Uh,
2: Pat- yeah, Patricia's in his second year.
1: Mm-hmm. They're having a weird season, man. Because they've they've led in every game, I think, and yet their record is terrible.
2: If you told me the Lions really jumped through and, and it kind of broke through next year, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're in some ways if they can just they're not that far away. I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, Stafford is Stafford out for the year? They're playing what's his face, the kid that went to Florida. Uh, the, uh,
2: Stafford, if it, I mean if it mattered, I'm sure Stafford could play. They're, right. They're, right. They're,
1: uh, who's the Who's the guy I'm thinking of? The he went to Louisiana Tech in Florida, oh, Driscoll. Jeff Jeff Driscoll. Yep, that's him, right? Yeah.
0: Yep.
1: Well, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting year. We did find out a uh, little oversight of planning. We're gonna be on a plane coming back from Las Vegas here in the Super Bowl. So I just hope it's uh, it's not the Texans or the Ravens. Who I'm a big fan of this season, but yeah, uh, you know, I hope it is for their sake. But we won't be able to watch much. We'll be in the air, so maybe uh, maybe our plane will have cable.
2: Yeah, I mean I take Baltimore or the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Who are you taking?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think Baltimore's the favorite over the field in that situation.
2: I would take Baltimore too.
1: Damn, they look good. It's it's insane actually. Um, they're having a great season. And they're fun to watch too. What a what a fun offense. I, I love the way they, the, the way they run that scheme.
2: They they're gonna have home field. They got they got it going with Lamar. And they got the second best coach in coach in the AFC from a play, playoff and ability to win standpoint.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it, pretty he, he won with Joe Flacco, there. right? And I think Lamar's better. Yep, I oh, totally agree. Man, Drew Drew Locke though, he did look really good. I'm I'm interested to see how his career goes. I, it feels like the but, Broncos found their QB of the future.
2: Yeah, let's let's see how it all plays out. I mean. It's promising. I wish Drew Locke well. I just we don't want to judge off one game. That's true.
1: That's true. But uh I, I think he's uh he's he's looking pretty good. Um Unless,
2: you can only judge off one game if a, if you lose the game at the end off a missed extra point after your player hikes his leg in the end zone to pee like a dog. Right, exactly. So that's that's an appropriate time to judge off of one game.
1: And uh I mean to to be fair. It was kind of just the cherry on top, and also it's it's more than losing by one point. It's like losing because your players don't give a shit about winning, and they don't care. They they have zero discipline. And I mean, Elijah Moore is is the hero that we don't deserve, just like Keith Carter is. I mean, we we love Elijah Moore. He did the Lord's work that night.
2: It's like something got so fucked up, it actually became good. It's pretty
0: comical, really.
1: Yeah, it, it's great. It's great. You love it one um, uh, well, thing we haven't talked about, John. Uh good. whatever happened. Whatever happened to Matt Luke? Where where'd he end up?
2: You know, if you're a Georgia fan, are you what do you think?
1: I don't know, man. It's it's I I guess you're fine with it. Text you know,
2: Austin ask him what his UGA
1: <laughs> Yeah. I, I I don't know. I guess my question is well, if you're a fan of a of a a big program, you probably care about every single position coach hire because, um, you know you want to overanalyze all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I doubt it has that much of an effect on the program at large. It's kind of a weird move. I and mean, what do you what do you think UGA is thinking they're getting out of that one? Like, what's uh, what's the real what's the real selling point? If if you're UGA making decisions like, oh, let's hire Matt Luke to be the the offensive line coach.
2: Is he it recruiting.
1: That- He's recruited. But they don't need help yep. with that.
2: It's almost like they want to have another somebody else that's got experience, like coaching in the league, there to help.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the except
2: that Matt Luke's very bad at
1: that. You're about to say, I think that's the the easy thing to say when someone hires a former head coach, but like, I don't think that makes sense. I don't get it. You're telling me Kirby Smart needs the guy that went six and six, five and seven. Foreign aided Ole Miss, and the team was a dumpster fire. It needs him to tell him, you know, give him some advice on being a head coach. Just, it's a weird move.
2: I kind of think he does because Kirby ain't that him good at this shit. He just happens to have really good players.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying Kirby's smart. I'm just saying you couldn't get anybody better if you're looking for that. You couldn't. I mean, what's what's so Butch? You, what's hey, Butch he, doing? Isn't hey, he?
2: You know, we. You know what we've learned. You got to know the SEC, baby.
1: I guess, but isn't isn't Bielema like a volunteer for the Patriots or something? Like if you're just looking for a former head coach, I feel like there's a lot better options. I don't know, it's crazy.
2: Lol the Georgian friends, yeah, maybe maybe he can call plays. Oh my god, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Wait, that's what they that's what they think. Oh. Yeah, I
2: think that's probably a lot of sarcasm, but yeah. Hey, Rich Rodriguez is available if they want to get a play caller. Sure,
1: also another former head coach, yeah. Absolutely.
2: I know, they didn't get the right
1: guy. They need to go hire Ole <laughs> uh, No, speaking of fan perception, um, the thing that I thought was going to keep Florida State from hiring Norvell early in the search was their fan perception. I think it's somewhat coming true. I, I don't think the Florida, the Florida State's fan base is like super pumped about hiring the Memphis coach.
2: Uh, he, if he gets off like a four and one start and beats somebody, they'll get
1: over it. They'll get over I, it. I'm just saying. I think they wanted a splashy hire because that's what that fan base thinks. I think
2: Norvell will win some games there at FSU. I don't know if he's going to. I don't know if they're going to contend for a national title. I don't know, but. I think Norvell can be the number two program in the ACC, but does that mean now, Does that mean there's not a big gap between him and Clemson? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I think that's going to be his measuring stick in two or three years. Even if you're doing really well, if you can never get over the Clemson hump, um, yeah. you know what is it, it's? It's like Harbaugh, right? I mean, whatever Harbaugh does, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna really be the guy they want unless he can find a way to beat Ohio State one of these years. Yeah.
2: I guess Harbaugh is going to stay. Well, I assume he's staying at Michigan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think pretty. I, I think the coaching changes are over for this year. Overall, it was kind of a weird year on the carousel. Florida State was definitely the biggest job oh, open.
2: Somebody, it's over unless an NFL team grabs a college coach. Which Cowboys are going to hire Lincoln Riley?
1: So yeah, and then it, it all kicks into kicks into gear again. I so feel like repl-
2: oh, hang on, let's actually let's play this out for a minute. Who's going to replace Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma?
1: Well, my guess would be it's going to be like an Ohio state or a Washington situation where they have someone in house that they find to do it.
2: Is that what they're going to do?
1: I don't know, it's going to be so late. I think they go try to, I mean Lincoln Riley was an in-house guy, right? It worked out once.
2: Yeah, but
1: I don't know. Who yeah. are you going to find that late in the thing? Are you going to start the whole carousel over?
2: Who wouldn't? Okay. Oklahoma's a top what job? Mm, top 10. Yeah. You can. The point is, you can go. I mean, you can go get somebody that.
1: When when is when when do you think Dallas will make a change? Can you give me a date. Give me a, a, a ballpark.
2: They're gonna fire Garrett. Garrett will go Black Monday.
1: Okay, so what? That's in January, that's right?
2: Thirtieth. That's
1: December thirtieth. December thirtieth. Okay, got it. Lincoln- um.
2: Have that job by January. You uh, know, within a week, if not sooner.
1: What? What? Uh, what day is their bowl game? I mean, their playoff game the next day. It's on New Year's oh, New Year's Eve. Oh
2: no, no! Oh shit! It's even better. The playoffs the twenty eighth. So Joe Burrow throw for six hundred yards against them. Right, again. and then he'll exit
1: two days later.
2: Exit. Yep. Yeah, perfect. See, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, and maybe that maybe that doesn't make sense. I I have no idea what Oklahoma does.
2: One oh, wait, thing yeah. I was
1: going to say about this coaching carousel season though is uh I think the weirdest thing that happened was Clay Helton like getting fired and then unfired. I still have no idea what happened there.
2: Yeah, it's just like it's USC, which is amazing to say this, but it's like who cares at this point?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um oh, man. So Okay, who 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 would take the Oklahoma job? Let's let's figure this out. So PJ Fleck got a seven year deal. Now all of this can be bought out, but I doubt I mean Oklahoma's got resources, but I'm not they're not going to, want to pay thirty million dollars to buy somebody out. So let's let's think all this through here. So you got Flett got an extension, Franklin got an extension. See, I think Franklin would leave Penn State for Oklahoma. Uh,
1: I don't know he, about that.
2: I think it's easier it's easier to win bigger big at Oklahoma because of the conference you're in, all everything else equal.
1: Yeah, um, that's I mean that's true. He's 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 in a harder spot right now.
2: Yeah, but I think he, he's they seem to like him there, he fits, so whatever.
1: Right, right. I, I don't know if he wants to be in the northeast or anything else, but yeah. See.
2: So you got um Franklin got an extension, Campbell got an extension, Pluck got an extension, um Norvell got hired, Kiffin got hired, Lane would not have Oklahoma would not have hired Lane.
1: No, I well, think they'd be aiming higher. Um who would they print- want?
2: Um who could they go
1: who would make sense? Uh
2: if you told me they made a run at the Oregon coach, I'd hear it. Yeah, it's, I was actually
1: thinking that too, Crystal Right, I was thinking that too.
2: I could see that one.
1: But he's only uh, in what year two at Oregon?
2: Not on. I wouldn't be automatic. Um,
1: hmm. Who would make sense here? What, what well, if they? What if they go after Malzahn?
2: Carson can make sense, honestly. That kind of yeah. Better. He was the
1: inter- He was. It was interesting that he didn't. He didn't go anywhere. I wonder if he was holding out for a bigger offer.
2: Oklahoma fits him. Yeah. Uh, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati's a name that comes up. You know, he supposedly wants a Big Ten job, but if Oklahoma came, you know, calling, would he? Would he listen?
1: You have to uh, assume, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. Maybe it could. It could get crazy if if that <laughs> happens.
2: Who's out there that's done a good job in that part of the country? Let's think about this. Um, I I don't think Gary Patterson will not leave TCU. Yeah,
1: they they get Gundy to make the leap over from uh, Oklahoma State.
2: Oh, they can't. They
1: can't I, <laughs> I know. I know. That would be funny though. It would um, be funny. Uh, um.
2: Uh, Maybe in the running for like the UNLV job, so maybe he's not quite. Um, is yeah. there an assistant out there that's sitting there, the next hot shot, and he gets he bumps up?
1: That's I what I'm think. saying. They're gonna some in-house Oklahoma guy. That's that's gonna be the move. They're gonna try to do the, a Lincoln Riley again. Thank you. You know, you could go hire Matt Campbell. Yeah, he's in,
2: that's. I I think they would end up working out something and that they, they'd have to pay a lot. Wouldn't uh wouldn't they, well they would get some money from the Cowboys, I would think.
1: Right, right. What, they should they should go hire Rule from Baylor so we don't have to play him next year.
2: <laughs>
1: or an NFL team should one of those two. Yep. Why not? Why not?
2: Makes sense.
1: Damn, he's he's nineteen and nineteen.
2: I can't think of anybody I'm missing unless they either go the assistant route. I, but I,
1: I mean, if I'm them, I want a, head coach, a proven
2: head coach.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Oklahoma's a better job right now than Florida State, so you got to think they're going to try to get a bigger name than Norvell. Which would oh, mean yeah. you need like a city in Power Five.
2: The reason I don't. The reason I don't think they go inside is.
1: Riley's his own offensive
2: coordinator. Right. And Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator,
1: and he's in. Right, hire, hire Grinch, right? People like him.
2: Well, I mean, Caleb and I like Grinch, but he's he's like, he's not, I don't think even think he's 45, and it's not like his defense was. I think he's a good coach, but I just, is that really, I don't know if it's quite there yet, This is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the most logical thing out there is go hire Matt Campbell.
1: Yeah, but it, didn't he just sign, like, a six-year extension or something at Iowa State?
2: Uh, get the checkbook out and go hire Matt Campbell. I think that's what you do if you're Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe you'll be wrong and it'll be Mullen. And then that would that would set up a whole other interesting. I have no idea who Florida would go after. Not Mullen Mo- Oklahoma. Not a clue. No, I'm saying to the Cowboys. I said maybe you're wrong.
2: Oh, uh... Oh yeah, it'd be wildly entertaining.
1: I have no idea what would happen if the Florida job came open right now, or in a month, or whatever we're talking about. Um, yeah, that that would be something.
2: That will be interesting.
1: I really, I mean, hmm. They get they uh they go hire Muschamp again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I have no idea. I don't know what they would want to do there. That's so bad. It's weird. <laughs> They're like, well, he he really grew up. He shows maturity. Oh my god, That's hilarious. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're out of things to talk about, John. The point is, Lane Kiffin is the coach at Ole Miss. That's really the headline of this show and every episode for a while. Kermit Davis talk. He's he's figuring it out. He's figuring the team out. They got a Kermit, lot of pieces.
2: Yeah, Kermit's a nice guy. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. Penn State beat number four Maryland the other night. Yeah, no,
1: I'm still – I'm a big fan of Kermit Davis for sure. I'm not saying anything different. I'm just saying the Uh, team has to figure it out. They're figuring it out.
2: Lane Lane Kiffin is, I think, is a big positive for Kermit. Yeah. Because Kermit can have – hey, this team has a couple little – some stumbling, stumbles through. It's still a program that's working through and developing.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: If we're being frank here, everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Lane trained.
1: Well, and both you know, both both Kiffin and Kermit can both just shit on Bianco, so they'll be fine. Yep, Bianco gonna
2: be an interesting season for Bianco.
1: It's a big season because I think what Carter's Carter is not going to be afraid to make a move if uh, if they if they you know exit the Oxford regional or something dumb like that. I wouldn't be surprised. So we'll see. Or if they miss the mm-hmm. tournament altogether, it wasn't what three years ago that happened with those freshmen. And those guys, <laughs> those guys are those guys are gone now.
2: We shall see.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, MLB, Garrett Cole going to the Yankees for like nine years. And then um, I saw Rendon's going to the Angels. That makes the Angels interesting next year. Um, They got one of the most interesting players um, already. uh, And what's-his-face, the pitcher from Japan that I'm a big fan of. I haven't thought about this. I haven't thought about... Baseball in a while now, but I guess it is a uh, crazy time of the year, or not crazy time of the year, but just the time of the year when some of these big deals are getting done. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't uh, what else is going on, John. You got? You want to pick a team to? Uh, you already said you like the Ravens to make it the Super Bowl. The Patriots going to be there?
2: Uh, no, their offense is fucked up.
1: <laughs> but it's not the playoffs yet. They can they can get it together. The forty niners look very good. The forty ers could could do well in the playoffs.
2: Hey, what happened in this Brexit vote? I have not actually seen it.
1: Oh, when I looked earlier when I was leaving work a few hours ago, I think the uh, the conservatives were winning big, and Labor was taking on the chimp. I don't know since then. I don't know.
2: Uh, that's what that's what everybody seemed to feel like. Where it felt like it was going?
1: Yeah, Boris, big win for Boris Johnson. It's Trump two point Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's too hard it's too hard to follow UK politics. It's beyond me.
2: Yeah, it's a big old circus. Hey, but they don't need a constitution.
1: Yeah, they'll figure it out as they yeah, They they don't need a the uh, constitution, no. they have like a thousand years of, of recorded law to fall back on, so
2: Yeah, to uh tore, it looks like Johnson went big, the pounds up two and a half percent. You got Bloomberg huh? on here.
1: Okay. Sure. Why
2: not? Markets should probably have a good day tomorrow, I would think. Well, actually, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, you never know. But, I I mean, I guess that...
2: Trump signed a trade deal. It's going to be a good day The
1: market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. Uh, Well, he signed a North American trade deal, but then they also... He said they were close to a China deal or something, too, right? I don't know. I'm just...
2: Yeah, he signed to China. So Trump's made two trade deals this week, and going to get an article of impeachment. Yeah, well, going to smash uh, Jeremy
0: Corbyn.
1: Divided, divided yeah. government—that's what people want, I guess. This is, this is the times Middle we live China in. Wins. I guess is—is so. uh, is Joe Barrow going to win the Heisman? Go number one overall.
2: Uh, wins the Heisman, and if he wins the Natty, how do the Bengals not take him?
1: I don't. I. I don't. I don't know why he wouldn't go number one overall.
2: Especially if he's an Ohio guy. It's an Ohio team.
1: Yeah, I think. I think that'd be that'd be a great pick, and I actually would, would like to see him play in the NFL. I think he'll probably do well. He's looked extremely good this year against a pretty good competition. Bur-
2: I think Burrow can be a great NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, that has, it seems to be
2: good enough for him. He just has that it factor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, I, I was. I was saying earlier. I like that he uh is a is a passing QB that makes big plays with his legs. It's pretty it's always fun to watch that combination.
2: It's a neat story how kind of he stuck it out, transferred.
1: Well, he Yeah, he went in the transfer portal. I mean, I honestly think the transfer the transfer portal is good for the sport. It's good for the athletes. Um I think the only people that would complain about it would be coaches that are salty. They can't lock their kids into unpaid contracts for 4 years.
2: Was, in, it was interesting. Kiffin talking about it he goes, yeah. This is basically, we got free agency now. Yeah, which is
1: true. I mean, he has he's got the right perspective about it. Um, it, it, it talent evaluation becomes that much more important uh, as the game changes. And and how,
2: how how excited are you for the non uh for the off the field staff with the lane train,
1: the analysts, all that kind of stuff. What do you oh, mean? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I, I loved in uh, his press conference, he talked about using analytics to like go forward on fourth down and go for two and onside kick and stuff. That's gonna be awesome. That's fun. That's what like that high school coach that, that never uh, never punts, always kicks onside. Let's let's do the equivalent of that in college. He said he said, We're gonna be a, a team, an old school team with new school mentality. I was like, sounds good, man. That's cool. That's cool. It's gonna be cool, man. He's, he's gonna be a great fit. Gonna get shit done. Hey, Keith Carter made the right move. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. Well I mean, Go ahead.
2: I think this is the limit here. Do I expect now do I expect Ole Miss to be like a consistent top three program in the SEC? No, but I think they can be like that tier below. I think the I mean, if you told me Lane got that if you I mean, so I would say You got Georgia, Florida in the East. Tennessee's probably third. Uh, And then the West. You got LSU, Bama, Auburn. You're saying
1: you're saying he's in the Auburn tier of the West. He's under LSU and Bama generally.
2: Auburn, somewhere between the Auburn A and M, around the Auburn tier. I think that's possible. Yeah,
1: I mean that that I think Ole Miss fans would be more than pleased with that. He talked a lot (laughs) about when he's talking about Ole Miss and its potential. he, He would talk a lot about you know beating Bama this two years, that kind of stuff. I definitely think that that's. Um, kind of in his mind for what he wants to be able to do, have exciting upset-type wins, um, get the energy in the fan base, recruit off of that, and maybe you can then build a winner after that. I don't know. But I think Ole Miss fans will always be happy with a guy that can win seven, eight games consistently or more and then also have an exciting year where they can be dangerous against some teams that, that don't think they ever have to worry about Ole Miss. That's all Ole Miss really wants out of his coach, out of his program. All
2: oh, Miss wants is seven eight wins mm-hmm. and the feeling that you what when you walk in the building you have you, a chance
1: yeah you're not just gonna it's not a foregone conclusion they just want to okay, be possible we
2: don't we're, we're 24 point dogs in tuscaloosa so we don't have a chance walk in there as a 12 point dog and you know what we get a couple things to go our way we got we'll
1: put a scare into him yeah i mean that's that's all the fan base is looking for and that's pretty much what he's selling so
2: well, Byron won a title with Cam Newton and was a minute away with Nick Marshall. So when Wayne has Arch Manning here at like four years, I mean <laughs> it's going
1: to be the <laughs> oh man. If that happened, if if Arch Manning you know came to Ole Miss and actually was like uh, you know this this great prodigy, that that would be such a Ole Miss story. But just it would be a nationwide story if if uh, it, it would be Archie's <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, football story.
1: Yeah, it's Cooper's son, right? Is that right? Yep, Cooper's kid. So Archie's grandson. If he comes and Archie's wins big, at Ole Miss. Cooper,
2: Arch, Arch comes to Ole Miss because, uh, well, Cooper's like apparently I think he's the biggest Ole Miss fan. Right. Lane's gonna be as good as anybody you could play for.
1: To right. Get prepared for the But then if the he win. actually comes and wins big, that's a that's a, a third generation type story. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's gonna make a lot of headlines. Couldn't um,
2: play because of the neck. His kick comes, kind of redeems it, and
1: then yeah, has he has made. his granddad's name? Yeah, they, it's it'd be great There's a lot of angles there, but it's still a long way off. But that's that's gonna make some stories. All
2: right, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be beautiful. All right, well, I think we'll probably get to talking about Lane Kiffin in some future episodes as well. So I guess to, for tonight, we can uh, we can call it there, John.
2: Yep, I'm with you.
1: Alright, well, that's the show, guys. Lane Sharks After Dark, as John said earlier. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to uh, ArmchairAllAmericans.com. All that good stuff. Uh, until next week, um, let's go. All aboard, right? Lane Train leaving the station.
2: Choo choo. Choo
1: choo, motherfucker.